0: On this episode of the Fated Golf Podcast, John and I catch up after a couple of weeks off. A lot has happened in the United States and in the world, and uh, we talk about it. And um, I hope you can appreciate us being pretty vulnerable and open, and uh, talking about what's on our minds and trying not to make it uh, political, but just a discussion of uh, what's going on in society and the challenges that we all have and. We try to, whether this is right, wrong, or indifferent, we try to, uh, relate it to golf and the challenges with, uh, learning the game of golf and the changes that it takes to become a better golfer and how difficult that can be. And, um, we, we hope you like this, uh, this episode, a little bit different. Uh, we, we probably get a little bit outside, um, our comfort zones. And I think that's what we need to do right now. Uh, we all need to get a little bit outside our comfort zones and, and, and have some talks and, uh. That's where we went with this. We do talk a little bit about golf in general and professional golf coming back. But uh, hope you guys appreciate this as we tried to really discuss what it's going to take to make some changes. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed pun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of season two of the Faded Golf Podcast. My name is Mark Chuline, as always, joined with Mr. John Falkenberg. John, we're not in person. Not – we could we could be w- with masks. No, we, we could be, be, but we just you know, decided to decide be lazy. Because, you know, Corona's coming back. So.
1: Well – we would we we, we can we've we could have been, been in person
0: but, in golf. Well, it's and, almost and, uh, about ten. O'clock, we're just we're just lazy. Ten p.m. today, so it's probably easier just to yeah do it uh, as we have uh, during the quarantine period where we can just uh, call in with our AirPods and be good to go. But um, how you been? Good. Played today, right? Yeah. you Good. good. Yeah. Gusty, little stormy. Windy. It I was think, gusty today, uh, stormy.
1: I didn't think we'd get it in. I I thought like we went out. I was like, all right, or with the play with our, our guys, I was like, we'll be lucky to get it in seven eight holes. But somehow it worked out. It started raining hard on us right when Johnny said he got Johnny said he got hit hard got on it
0: in the fourth hole, the nick of time um, for about I don't know. Five, 10 minutes or something like that. And know it wasn't too bad. But I don't
1: know. How they yeah, they they uh they unfortunately got uh yeah so we sandbag
0: we've got, <laughs> we got some great topics for today. One of them is gonna be sandbagging. Um I think you know you get into net events and things like that. It it's uh becomes challenging and we've got our new handicap system and I'm, I've got a theory that I'll share here in a little bit, but um, I wanted to go through our, our typical kind of agenda um, to a degree and talk uh, pro golf a little bit. I think our topic of the week can be um, uh, though uh, we can talk about sandbagging and handicaps a little bit as our topic of the week. And I've got one other kind of random topic as well. So um, I don't know if you'll Actually, I think you have an opinion about it, so I'll be interested to in ask you about it. I haven't teed you up for this one. But but generally speaking, I mean, uh, Indiana golf at least has been, we've been active for, um, gosh, I mean, really ever since there was even notice of a COVID-19. Uh, at that point, I think we were still calling it the coronavirus. Um, and we really haven't stopped other than we had some push cups and now we have our little cup or our ball lifters that seem to work okay. I've seen some guys pull pins. Do you think that's a controversial thing right now as far as like touching the pin? Well, I mean,
1: you have yeah, to, to get touch that it, little like metal twisted around like on the lifter. If, away if from like him. that. Yes. I mean, I touched it. It, just no. to twist it because if you hit right into it, it will bounce it out. I mean, it just 100, 100%. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really think it's controversial just as much as, you know, it, it, I, I think it's things are settling down with that whole. Just, I mean, people want to be still careful, but I think it's kind of focus in society shifting as we know to like much worse things that, yeah. you know, I don't think we really want to get into on this podcast, but, um, You know that's. I I think people pulling out a pen probably wouldn't get out kicked out of the club. Well, I tell you what, I
0: mean there are definitely some crazier things going on right now, and real briefly, um, obviously we feel for anybody that has been going through the challenges um, um, lately. I think it's a it's a really tough time, whether it's personally impacted you from where you live, to personally impacted you by. Uh, by the nature of your race and uh, or honestly just the people that are your friends and family and neighbors, and so I think there are a lot of challenges going on and while we focus on golf i don't I think it would be i think it would be short sighted for us to ignore the fact that there's stuff going on and it does impact the golf community and it impacts um, our neighbors and our friends and we do uh, We do recognize that um, there's a lot of challenges ahead and I think you and I have talked about you know, not on the show that what we hope happens is that, um, people continue to just talk about stuff and try to address issues at the hand versus brushing them under the rug. Like we've, we've, uh, we've often done and, and thinking that we can throw money at problems and things like that too. So, uh, there's no answer or silver bullets to, to fixing these type of problems. And unfortunately, like that, you can quickly tackle, but, um,
1: Yeah, I mean, if we want to just touch quickly on it, uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a core no. issue, and you just you hit it. It's not going to be fixed with money. It's not going to be fixed with with uh, you know actions by the government. It, there's there's just there's a yeah there's a um, societal issue that needs to be addressed, and you know that's we'll see what happens. But uh, if if people keep looking to the government to fix everything, then they're going to be in uh, a bad way but you know i i uh i hope we can improve
0: on things that's that's my whole i do too uh, and i think you i think you and i sense for, and i think you and i agree that for the like, whole situation
1: there i just hope we can improve
0: thing that can be done and it's just going to be it's it's just like anything it's like learning a new skill it's like whatever it is it's got to be like you know brick by brick right like inch by inch um step by step and um you know if if uh
1: But that's not our society, though, man. they they think that we can fix things like overnight and like, you know, we're going to get the one
0: week. No, no, we've gotten very hard work worse in today's society with this uh, with immediate gratification of, you know, whether it be because of credit cards or it be because you can get your news like immediately via Twitter or, you know, the media is is you know, who can break the story first, everything's about immediate gratification and what you can have immediately. And people don't have the patience. And if you just like actually analyze some things and Malcolm Gladwell wrote a whole book about this, right? About how hours you have to put into something to become an expert at it. And, um, you know, the tipping point, right. And, and so, but we don't, Unfortunately, we don't look at a lot of things as, well, what, what is, what is going to be the tipping point? How do we drip, drip, drip and eventually solve some of these things? And the, the best thing I heard was like, hey, if, if one individual can reach out to another individual and truly help them and we actually then add all that up, that could make a huge difference versus saying one individual donates a bunch of cash to one cause, assuming that it gets spent the right way. maybe it needs to be truly one-on-one and that can make the difference. And, and it has me thinking about it. So, I mean, I kind of, I kind of,
1: I think you can even relate this to like what you're saying about with, with golf, that golf is the ultimate non-immediate gratification. Like it will, it'll teach you like, even when you're getting better and you're playing well, it'll bring you back down. Like, but to even get that point where you're playing well by your standard, everybody has their own standard. You know, it takes an abnormal amount of like effort and practice and time and mm-hmm. mental preparedness just to be at a position yeah. to play well. But then all of a sudden it just knocks you on your ass, just like anything you're trying to get better at. And, you know, I think a lot of people could could take some good lessons just from golf. And that's, that's, actually, that's I, a love fantastic I love analogy that,
0: because you can go out and buy some PXG's tomorrow. Right. Money at the problem, and I can almost guarantee you that you're not going to get any better.
1: No, you could. We could go buy a Walmart set, and I'd probably score about the same. I'd probably score about the same you know, because I have worked on my. you know, Rick, the Hey, Rick part. Shields Skill. did
0: that. Are you, are you familiar with Rick on YouTube? He's a he's a British guy does, that does you know he's a you know club pro or whatever he is, and he does club. He, he scored he the sand, didn't he? That Callaway set from um, uh Costco. So Costco sells a Callaway set that's like a it's like a bundle, right? It's like a all in one set. It probably comes with like a pitching wedge to four iron, maybe five iron, and a couple hybrids and a driver. And yet he played around with it and he's like he's like once you kind of got used to the flippy shafts and some stuff that Obviously, maybe aren't as high quality. He's like, I still hit great shots. And if you're a beginner, this would be a great set. And nothing was, like, so wayward where I felt like I, I you know. But it, it took him a while to probably, you know, figure out what the kick point was, on, especially on, like, a driver. But once he kind of figured it out, he, he hit great shots with it. And so I, I think there's the point there where he, you know, it doesn't have to be the finest tuned or most expensive. You can't, you can't buy fixes in golf for sure. It takes time and dedication and practice and coaching. And that's life, man. That's life. Exact
1: same thing. To, that's exact and exact same thing. we to have to do to fix problems that are facing us yeah. today with. whether it be COVID or, or uh, issues with, with our society yeah. and and,
0: and, and black, lack runs, yeah and lack of stability all that in our society for sure so and
1: yeah but but again but it keeps going back when you said it's like everybody wants immediate gratification yeah. yeah it's gonna be fixed like if we do these certain things like today yeah. it's gonna be all better tomorrow yeah. no it's gonna take a long how long did it take you to really oh how many years I mean <clears throat> from how many years did it take you to become you know, a, a lower
0: handicap. And I think I loved that your point earlier was like, you know, there, there's an ebb and a flow and an up and a down, right? Like when I, until I honestly, until I made the high school golf team, I mean, I just had some big wicked slice and I apparently did something good enough for the guy to go, Hey, this guy's worth trying out. And you know, I really worked on my game the following summer and got better but did I get great? No. You know, I was still like trying to be a bogey golfer that could, you know, break 90 every now and then and, you know, shoot in some eighties and then I got to my junior year and I started shooting more around 80 more on average. And then my senior year, you know, I was breaking 80 more often, but you think about that. Like I'm only moving the needle three to four strokes a year. On average a year. And like that's like dedicating for four for four for and you were working your right, ass. I essentially dedicated from my from the age of fifteen to eighteen. I like was like, this is my thing now. I played it before as a kid, but like I didn't take I mean, it seriously. Like, at least at least a hundred and fifty days. Where I played every days single out of year. You probably and then had all the, summers a club after, after that. Think about it. And yeah, I only 100. moved the needle three, four shots a, a year. Now I got longer, as I got bigger and I got older, and those kind of things were a benefit, and and that that was fun. But yeah, but you put the basics,
1: you put the basics then, like you learned the fundamentals at that age, like four. Think about that. Even I'll take four years. years, Started
0: later. It took me four years to go from a guy that was trying to break ninety. Meaning, and I grew up playing golf at some some type of regular level as a kid, but. I was a nineties golfer and it took me four years to go from a nineties golfer to probably like a mid to high seventies golfer. I was never, I mean, my lowest round in high school competitively was maybe like even par. I never went, I never shot under par. Yeah. But that, but that's even, that's even pretty fast. But you had
1: a different, like, you know, surrounding to get better. Like it took me, when I started playing golf at like 25, 26, it took me, I broke eighty, I think, when I was. Well, yeah, because you weren't playing.
0: You didn't play oh, five days time? a week every day after school for three months. No. Um. In it, while you know during and and in, in competitive rounds, and then on time between, and then you also then after the summer didn't play. You know that whole summer afterwards play as many days as you possibly could and practice as many days as you could because you were actually grown and old and you had like a real life in between. (laughs) So like, yeah, you probably, you basically double, you basically had a period of time to do that. How many people want to dedicate seven years to being a decent golfer? But I think
1: that's what people need to do is in, in parts of your life that you care. And I think everybody needs to dedicate that time to be a but person. you think person.
0: about, you think like, about, you think you about you. obviously It just takes adults. hard work. And you think about if it, let's just say the average adult, if they picked up golf in their 20s, would take seven years in order to be what I would consider a pretty good golfer, which is somebody who shoots in the 80s uh, and low 80s. And it, it could take you six or seven years to do that. How many people are willing to put, dedicate six or seven years to try to fix, obviously, our systematic civil issues that we have, <laughs> right? Most people are like, I'd rather throw money people? at that I don't today I don't... and be like, I got other problems. Or most people would also rather just blame somebody else and be like, well, you know, and then, all, and then just basically throw their hands up and say it's not going to work either. Well, so it's challenging.
1: Well, but we also... But we yeah, it's challenging and we're going to to like have real conversations with like, you know, I heard that Kentucky governor, you know, really getting behind, you know, everything from Black Lives Matter to like the protesters. And I'm cool with that. I'm old. I'm totally OK with that. But then I heard uh, like a, a pastor talking from a, a black community that was saying, you know, look, you know, it, it, he is saying that, and he was talking about the governor of, of Kentucky. He's saying that to use that as a tool for him to get reelected. He doesn't. He's not necessarily, you know, willing to do anything to to put in place. So my point is, yeah. like, we really need some leaders. It can't, leaders. It can't just be
0: propaganda. Yeah, real. Yeah, we need it. to root out people.
1: No, it can be yeah. It can be. It just needs to be yep. people
0: that really yep. care about being. Another those. Are, hey, those hey, those and are conversations we've been I, I, having I was, at work and in a lot of areas, and that we're like, you know, hey, we're, you know, these are if if you haven't been doing some things, then you need to start doing some things, and if you have been doing some things, maybe you need to lean in a little bit more, and or, or dig a little bit deeper, and have some more conversations, and I, I I truly hope that starts happening, and I, I mean I know it's already staffed started happening in my life i just hope others embrace that unfortunately you get on social media and some things and i think with us having with 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 us having it's our, bad right our, now. our it's social media bad. accounts i get on the faded golf twitter and some things like that and i'm it's amazing how polarizing um and political people make every single thing now and it's um uh, it's frustrating it's frustrating to me um when to me there's there's a I don't know. There's a there's a way to have uh, constructive debates and there's a way to have constructive uh, conversations that can actually lead toward compromise or lead to lead toward people having a better understanding of how others think. And, you know, the, the I, I took a long time. I was writing a, a statement for our, our company that we were that were released internally. And I took a really long time to to think about um, you know some stuff there and the 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 last sentence I wrote was that you know we may never understand be able to walk in someone else's shoes, but that does not mean that we should ignore what it feels like to be them and uh you know to me, the way that I tried to obviously it plays off of. Uh, some cliches and you know some other phrases from in the past but the part that i i really kind of thought about is that you know too many people kind of assume that they know what it's like to walk in somebody else somebody else's shoes uh because they maybe are familiar with a situation or feel like they are but at the end of the day I you're never going to get any in anybody else's head like you and i have a lot in common john you know we do we do real estate stuff. We live in the same neighborhood. We play golf, all that kind of stuff. But I'll never be in, in your head. I'll never really understand like what you're thinking every single day. I might have a pretty good idea. But at the end of the day, I'm still never, ever going to walk in your shoes. Because you're always going to have a different lens on the world than I am. It, they may be similar lenses, but they're going to be a little bit different. And I think a lot of people don't appreciate that. Because a lot of people also make some assumptions that... Uh, they make some assumptions that they're like, Oh, I know what that person's thinking. And then the reality is nobody knows what anybody else is thinking. Yeah. I
1: mean, I've, I think, you know, I, I don't want to go extremely deep here, but you know, it, everybody you come and meet um, and talk to, they have their own struggle that you're never even going to understand. You may never even
0: know about everybody.
1: And, you know, you may, someone, if you just visibly see that they're a drug addict or, you know, alcoholic or Or have a, yeah, have a physical challenge to them or whatever. Right. But most, but most of the people you meet are not in jail or, you know, they're not impaired at the moment. Actually, it's everybody. Hundred percent of people have at least one thing they're struggling Absolutely. with, and people just need to people just need to appreciate yep.
0: that that hey, everybody, we're in this shit together. Yeah. We all have our own challenges, but the problem we we we, yeah, we are very quick to ignore that though that fact, and and we're very quick to um, throw empathy aside and recognize that everybody has their own issues, right? So,
1: I. They want to attack. They want to attack. They want to attack and make sure to look like you're right or you're better. And it's not. At the end, it never. It just doesn't. It's not a winning strategy. It's just if you're gonna be, you know. Oh, okay. You got one up on somebody because you felt like you did something better than them, or you felt like you were a better person. It's. It's not about that. It really isn't. You think about it. We are in this shit together, like it or not.
0: um, You know even with people you don't like. Well, it,
1: it, you're true, in it
0: with, true, but I I think that people want to um uh people people love to feel like they're part of a tribe. Does that kind of make sense? Like I'm not trying to that that is not a racial connotation, but like group. I'm saying tribe as, as in group. People want to feel like they're part of a group or a tribe of people. Correct. Family. And because family. it gives them comfort, right? and i think the challenge becomes then is that because people find that comfort in whatever tribe they are they're like really reluctant to go out of that comfort zone and be like well this is what my tribe believes in i'm just going to like i'm just going to you know circle myself around just this tribe and and if you look back in history that's what society has been right it's like it's these pods or tribes of people that have these ideals and they have these like, whether it's a religious ideals or political ideals or whatever it is. And they, they bring that, those ideals bring people together. And when you, you take people out of those comfort zones and say, well, here's what my ideals are. And here's what, well, here's what mine are. People that that's why we've had wars. Because they're like, there's just huge disagreements, and we get to these, we get to these breaking points in in history and people and and tribes totally dividing themselves, and because it's like, well, Mike, and it, it really it comes down to the argument is like, well, my comfort better is a better way of being comfortable than what the way that you're comfortable. <laughs> Well, I think that's it comes that, that can come down to to
1: racism and yeah. stereotypes, but <laughs> wars have happened because we've had some evil people trying to take mm-hmm. over other you're my tribe, like take over me or Yeah. you. Well, it's because, I think it's because you know, sometimes not, you got because stand your up.
0: tribe makes me uncomfortable. I don't like the way that you guys are going about being comfortable in your skin or in your group, okay? So guess what? I'm going to force upon you to be more like me. And that just seems that's God, like God. It, that's that's freaking backwards, and it's not. It's obviously not what our country was founded on, and um, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of struggles going along with that. But I, I also feel like there's a lot of false well, information out there today in our modern, you know, communications world at this point, and that's really clouded um, where people can really kind of draw lines in you know what's real and what's not.
1: Well. I mean, if you're really we're talking, the main thing is, is like have more empathy. And I mean, there's people out there really struggling for just the basics yep. in life. And it's it sucks. I, I mean, I wish I could do more. I really do. I, I want to do more. I want to help. But you know, I I don't want to see people hurting each other. I think there's no excuse for that. I don't I don't I don't care, you know, n- no matter what, you shouldn't be hurting anybody unless you're defending yeah. yourself. Yeah. You
0: shouldn't. It's, well, hey, just, I, I, that, I certainly pure, hope but... that if we can all come away with anything here is that, you know, violence doesn't solve problems, that whether that's violence from the people that supposedly are the ones protecting us or it's violence from people that are just trying to do things to get ahead. And violence isn't going to solve your problem in the long run. Violence is not going to help protect us anymore. Violence also isn't going to help you get ahead in life anymore and uh, maybe we can reach out and help each other i don't know I've,
1: i'm yeah i'm cool with all i like i support the protesting i'm like i'm cool with that civil civil uh disobedience even if it's i mean because technically i don't know if people were supposed to be protesting in most cities because of the corona sanctions but
0: i support 100 i
1: back it i'm like why not? i'm like but
0: if it's peaceful well hey that's the yeah, most important thing. You should needs to definitely peaceful. be able to demonstrate. You should be able to – Or not – maybe not peaceful. Not, maybe not it not doesn't – yeah, correct. It doesn't have violent. to be peaceful. It can actually be er- – it can be arrogant Non-violent. and aggressive, but it, it shouldn't be violent. And uh, yeah. because you know what? If you have a cause you want to fight for – when you go there. Then you should be fighting for that.
1: You go there. Fighting for bad. that. But you shouldn't
0: be destroying other people's livelihoods in well, the process. let's
1: make – Well, look at this full circle. We understand, like we try to relate to golf. Like golf is very hard to get good at. It takes a lot of work. And and I think that's what we're trying to say, right? That, um, yeah. You know, this is, this is not not something that's going to freaking change overnight. Magic
0: club or a magic ball. That's going to make you a a single digit handicap or professional golfer. It's just not going to happen. And then, I mean, that's sports in general, right? That's life in general. We know it. That's why, you know, whether it's education or it's skills. I
1: don't know if we do, man. I don't know if we do right now. No, so I, th- I, I think there's a, there's a lot of people big... that are lost.
0: I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of people that that would rather blame somebody else for their problems right now than 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 embrace. I've got people that embrace family, the fact man. that it's gonna there's take a lot my... of work to fix things.
1: that stuff hits home. I mean, if anybody doesn't, there's no way anybody can tell me that you don't know somebody or friend or people you know of or cousin or family. I have people in my direct family that's blame other people for your problem and, you know, get other people to fix it like your mom or dad. And then, um, you know, then not really want to put in like the hard work to do the right things because doing the right things it's freaking easy it's,
0: it's not I It's think hard work there are people at times i'm not saying everybody but i think a lot of people at times would rather not be accountable for something and be able to pass off blame for failure when at the end of the day owning your misses owning your failures Being accountable for making a few mistakes along the way, Um, you're more people are owning your shitty score More going to grow from those things when you actually own those than than the people that are going to just point fingers. And so, here's
1: here here's one thing. Like, think about this, Mark. If you shot, let's say you shot never higher than Mm seventy two. Shot even par almost all the time. Occasionally went down the upper 60s, but you never shot above. Do you think you'd appreciate the game as much? I mean, if it became, like, that easy, like, par was just super easy for you. You just never shot above it. And, like, I think that's the great part about golf. Like, like you throw up at 82 or an 80 and, like, you're fucking pissed I, off. And like You want to figure out what you're doing wrong. Work hard to get back to, like – get back that score you know you're capable of, but no, like, it's
0: very difficult. I, I, I think that's the beauty of our game and, and why the analogy to life is fantastic is that, you know, we all have our ups and downs and we have our good weeks and our bad weeks and we have our good rounds and our bad rounds. And um, and wherever that median score is or wherever your, you know, achievement is, um, the what, what you're trying to, like, you know shoot for it, it's like <laughs> the beauty of this game man is that uh you'll never perfect it it's basically impossible to perfect it and you know the per- uh, you could essentially say that the perfect round the perfect round would be to birdie every hole and eagle every par 5 it's never it's been never done. been
1: done not even okay. close i mean Fifty nine, fifty eight, 58, like, those have been... There's been basically like birdieing...
0: And really, is. maybe I throw out the eagle part, but birdieing every hole. The ultimate round would be to birdie every single hole. And nobody's ever done that. Because yeah. this game is hard. And... It's a 54. Yes. It's a 54. And... and but regardless of where your game stands now and how good you are today the fact that anybody continues striving to how can i try to birdie as many holes as I possibly can or how can i try to par as many holes as i possibly can and for many people how can i make sure i don't do worse than bogey on as many holes as possible as i can and when when people are striving for that and actually trying to achieve that, to me, it's the it's the great analogy of life. And that what you're doing is you're showing up and you're trying. And uh, too often we show up and we start pointing fingers. And you put all by the way, golf puts all that pressure on you as an individual. It doesn't put the pressure on anybody else. Yeah, there's a few guys out there that are like this freaking course. This course, uh, oh damn, the wind today—it's crazy. Or man, these clubs. This I need to get whatever, but those are those are patchwork excuses of blame. When at the end of the day, I think deep down inside every golfer knows they just didn't have it today, or they did something that they wish they wouldn't have when they have bad days.
1: Or are you, or are you, sure, or are you mentally. And we out, talked about that before we started just, recording. I've yeah. done that, and I, and I, and I don't. You know, I, I could say I'm. That's one thing I'm usually pretty good at, but. I can say I've done it at least twice this year where I just checked out. I just, and I was actually okay with it because I was enjoying the day. I was like, I'm not going to get you and the I pissed. need to do,
0: I tell you what, um, you and I, and I'm just need to find a way. There's a challenge for you and I, you know, so there's a lot of people that are going out there challenging themselves to shoot better scores. I think a, a challenge for you and I is actually to go out and just enjoy more. I think for for me and you that's probably harder than uh, a lot of people going out and just trying to shoot a better score cuz I I really struggle with it I can tell you that and I I've, I've never I've never I've never, said that, on this, I've never said that I'm not scoring I'm not scoring but I really struggle with going out and just playing for fun ah!
1: I do. I always have. I mean, I, if if we go, if if we go play nine in the evening, like we've
0: done, that's probably about the only time where I probably have a really good time. But if I know I'm playing 18 holes, uh, I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm always pushing to try to play my best.
1: Which is, uh, dude, I, I, don't, I would. I think you shouldn't do it either way.
0: But here's the thing: you need to do. You well, should I do that? I, I do. I do fairly well with that. Except I've the gotten shifts. a lot better at that for sure. But
1: I, I last week was like so because I played really good golf this most this year. I had like hadn't even been in the 80s, and then last week I got destroyed. It was good. It brought me back down <laughs> to earth. Like, look, yep, you, you know, shit happens. You need to accept it. Like your body won't always do yeah. what you needed to do and yeah. like you just got to fight through it and you know what if you yeah. can fight through it well, and accept it yeah. for the day you just light up a cigar
0: woes probably the last month i really haven't putted well and um still don't think it's am there i don't think i'm a I'm, i don't think i've been putting like so bad I, like i haven't necessarily had a, like a ton of three putts but i'm not making stuff and it's been frustrating to me and that's just part of the game you need you need you need, to, you need to go back and I've been mm-hmm. reading putting out of your right, mind. I got I got it I got it on audio maybe I need to, to it again.
1: Reading it is way you can go back over it. it's just it dude it's helped my putting like mm-hmm. I started getting a little yippy uh, last week, and I was like I started reading that book and already got I I mm-hmm. think I got like fifty or sixty uh, percent through it in like a couple of days, but I didn't need that much. It's so. Simple. I love it. Just look at the target, hit it. Don't try to read it four thousand times. Just yeah. look at the target, hit it to it, and it'll go in. Do you think about? I, I love the analogies made, like with Brad Faxon, who's one of the best putters, like on when he was on tour. It's like, do you think about it when you shoot a basketball? No. Like how many feet you are from the the, no. the rim, and feel. like how you need to arch your arm, and is yeah, it's just a feel. Yeah. You look at it, you shoot yeah. it at it. That's what you do with a putt. If you let yeah. that mind take over, you let your yeah. subconscious mind take well, I've been over. Just put, I've been pushing things
0: almost every putt lately. So I'm trying to figure out. Um, Are you thinking? I don't thinking? think so. I think my stroke is actually just a push stroke. And maybe I just never really knew that. But I've found a way to get it online before, even with the push stroke. But the problem is I think that I've got, like I'm maybe overthinking my alignment now that I've been pushing it and stuff. So yeah, I, I just have to get that. I have to get those two things to somehow come together. Does that make sense? Like, The idea that I have a push stroke and the idea that like with that in mind, I have to figure out how to get that still on the same line that I need it to be. Yeah. hundred percent fine.
1: Like I know my blade is open at address and I'm slightly closed. So I'm like, I, I, I was fighting it. Like I got to take back straight. Perfect. I was like, you can't think that way. You have yeah. got
0: to do what's comfortable to you. Well, I just want to get the ball to rolling know you can get into the hole. to the point where it doesn't have some funky side spin and it's really rolling over end over end. And I've been fiddling with my grip because sometimes you know sometimes something a little like that can just try to get you realigned and getting some things going. And I'm I'm actually really confident with picking my target and trying to hit it at my target. I think I've got a mechanics issue, but it is. Really I think that, I, I actually you, think yeah, it's a mechanics thing because I'm actually pretty confident in the lines that I've been picking and things that I've been trying to go at, and I, I recognize that I'm not going still not going to hit them all, but I've been pushing a lot of putts, so gotta figure that out. Uh, well, hey, dude, that, I, dude, that was that was. Um, I I by the way, like none of that was actually on the agenda, and that was probably some of the best shit we've ever talked about, in my mind, and whether or not people have. Whether or not people appreciate well, our be. perspective on that, I, I have no idea. But I I hope they do. Um, we we continue to gain some followings, and so um, uh, hopefully people appreciate our perspective on some of well, the stuff.
1: Well, what do you? Well, let's 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 talk about something exciting though. We got live professional sports, like one of the major um, sports starting yes. in two days. So
0: PGA Tour.
1: And that, and it's our, and it's, so and it's pro it's golf or,
0: friends. uh, or NASCAR or car racing. If not. <laughs> that's, not that's, that's
1: not a sport.
0: You well, let's, machines, hey, let's you know, backtrack so <laughs> because you and I actually haven't had a, um, uh, a podcast since the match, the match too. So. Let's, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to, let's, let's use that yeah. as a springboard and that, segue into, now, did you watch that with Peyton and Tiger and barely, barely,
1: barely, barely, I mean, it was on like mute. I was a, yeah. you know, around
0: some so people. It, 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 it was, I, I, I watched you. I watched did you watch the it? whole front nine and then kind of start cooking dinner and kind of lost a little interest. Now I know playing. Of...
1: I thought these things. I, I look. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I thought
0: both these yeah, things they were were just they were good. Good. I mean, there's nothing on. They the were line. good for there's what they were, the which line. was uh, filling a gap in entertainment in which we don't have one for sports right now. And that being said, I think that the coverage that they did with this was pretty darn good. I think. Um, actually having like Charles Barkley and Justin Thomas give some anecdotes and some things and follow these guys around and, and joke. I thought that made it a little bit more, in, uh, you know, entertaining than probably some of the stodgy stuff that, that we saw, that we typically see week to week with like Azinger. And as we've seen with Johnny Miller and whatever else, just, oh my God. You, he's the worst you love Zinger. I mean, I, I'd rather have Johnny Miller back. No lie. Like, bring Johnny Miller out of retirement. I'll take – and I hated frigging Johnny Miller. But Zinger's terrible. He's terrible. I'd rather have Charles Barkley than Paul Azinger every week. Um, oh, oh, I'd love Charles
1: Barkley. Great. With a,
0: he'd be fantastic. Nasty.
1: Anyway, he's – but he's like he's like a mid-round guy. He'd be a guy you want to, you know, he, get like a talk at the he, no, uh, Barkley. But, you want you want yeah. to you wouldn't want to hear him the whole game or um, the whole no. the whole round. I think,
0: generally speaking, clearly bringing amateurs into the competition um, didn't necessarily help the the value of watching golf. Like it, it, it's it would be like filming you and I playing golf and just you know going out and shooting whatever. It, it's not that exciting, dude, right? It,
1: so it's it's Tom, sucked, Tom Brady. Dude. Was it's a su- drain. I'm sorry.
0: On my charitable. energy in the first half of that shit. Char-
1: charitable charitable mm-hmm. thing, I support. I, just, I thought that was the best part, but it I just did. No. I had no. This no, was not entertainment. Wasn't.
0: You think Tiger you was right, really no, in that thing? How, Come how on. good did Tiger look I off mean, the tee? That dude, I think, hit every fairway. Dude. He's <laughs> taking eugenics. <ejects. laughs>
1: Phil is a hundred percent on eugenics. There's no question in my mind. The guy uh, looks better than he did at 35.
0: Yeah. I mean, a Tiger Woods needs 50. Uh, he, I think he's 50. Is he 50 year, yet, Phil? Um, maybe a year or two. But uh, Tiger Woods hit like every fairway that day. Played every shot. I mean, you can tell like with a casual, non-pressure type around, which he clearly was playing. The dude's just freaking money. And Phil's playing a casual, non push around and um, you know, still didn't necessarily play great, but still played great golf too. Uh, I'll, I'll go back. My favorite Phil moment, and you said you were at a place where that didn't have the audio on, but like on the second hole, Phil has a chip shot, and he walks JP and whoever and whoever's interviewing him around exactly how he analyzed the chip shot, how he was going to play it, how he's going to hit it. And then he hit it in the exact spot he said he was going to exactly the way he was going to it. And it ended up, you know, pin high about two, three feet out right of maybe where he wanted it to end up. But I mean, that was phenomenal. And it it literally got me thinking about um, especially with wedge shots and things like that. There are so many different ways to attack um a wedge shot and a pitch shot around the green but for everybody to assume that, um you know, you're just going to pick your lo- most lofted edge and you're going to try to flip it onto the green or spin it a certain way or just amazing. Here's just a, amazing.
1: Yeah. I think I, I, I got a comment on that. I think that's, that's an awesome topic. Like we need to stick on this right here. Focus on that because it's so good. Now I was, cause I can relate it today. Like I, I did some stuff that I don't normally do, but I was glad I did it because it teaches you like, like a, like a flop or a chip, or I used a Texas wedge mm-hmm. a little bit into the collar uh, uh, to, to, instead of using my putter, you know, when you're right there on the fringe, you're on the collar, I use a Texas wedge, it worked out. And then I tried to like hit a short chip to get cute with a, you know, short-sighted pen. Yes. And, but I'm glad I'm trying those things because it's yeah. only going to make you better around the green. So like, go with your instinct, your first one, your first impression, like what you think you should do. Don't just like what you just said, like flip right. a wedge. <laughs> I make sure I'm over my stance and I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm, I'm four feet and I gotta make sure I put it on there. And no, you don't think like that, but yeah. sometimes you do have to take your medicine, like get it on the so, green. And so take one, your bogey or whatever, but
0: you know, don't be afraid. A- absolutely, don't be afraid. And, and like, one take thing, chances. and I don't know if anybody who listens to this will will think this is good advice or bad advice. But so I, I got around from playing five holes last night, and I got to the sixth green, and I had I was playing two balls all the way around on every hole, and until I lost so many balls that I ran I I think I was down to two balls, and um, on the on the sixth hole I put one in the fairway and I put one in the rough. Well, the one that came out of the rough it ended up short. Of, of the green and the one that uh that was in the first, right on the front of the green on my approach so i i played those both out and i i looked at the one that was short of the green and i thought you know it probably very much phil mickelson like i was like you know i think i want to play this one low in skip it off the fringe just short of the green and then let it roll out up to the pin the pin was up front And, but I wanted, I knew I wanted to land it short of the green and then let it roll out as it, as it came on the green. And I hit that shot and it rolled probably about six feet past and uh, gave myself probably a longer butt than I would have liked. And it, it kind of took an awkward bounce off the, off of that. And so after I was done, I knew that was gonna be my last hole for the night. And what I decided to do is take those same two balls that I had played into that green. And I just tossed them both out into probably what would be 10, 15 yards short of the pin, um, out in kind of the approach area in front of the green. And what I decided to do was with both balls, I was going to play two different types of shots. So I was going to play one, one shot where I probably had a similar shot like I did on the first attempt where I was going to try to bump one in lower that skipped short of the green and rolled out. And then I played the other one where I flipped it more or, I would just say kind of pitched it more uh, with more loft where it actually landed it on the green and actually gave it a little bit of a check spin. And um, what I found by doing that probably about 10 times, I did that over and over 10 times. I'd throw the balls back out there and I would hit them both. And I committed to hitting each ball a different way. What I found by doing that is that actually, and this was with our greens and our scenario is that actually Hitting that more flip wedge, where I really went under it and gave it a little bit more spin versus the bump wedge, um, was better for that particular shot because uh, it it gave me fewer uh, chances for the ball to actually kick a weird direction off that front fringe, and 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 that that was that was one of those things where yeah, like I, I really felt initially. So think about that. My my initial thought on that shot was that bumping it off that fringe to kind of kill the speed on it was the better play because it would kick the ball left and kick the ball right weird by hitting that low shot versus the flip – more of the flip shot. Actually ended up being more consistently closer.
1: I think – I think if you can hit the pitch – Like what you're talking about, that's all. That's all I think about all the time. I think about where I'm gonna hit, like where I'm gonna land it, where it's gonna roll out. That's what I imagine in my mind. But if you can hit more of a pitch, even round the greens, like shorter ones, it always works out better for me. The bumps, the bumps to me are, it's a way to give yourself a chance, right? Yeah. Whole like a decent amount. It's an insurance. Yes. But the imagination comes in when you can, like, okay, if I can use this loft, I can land it here, yeah. because you're gonna have way less roll out when you land it with a little pitch, and you look, you pick the spot. So like when we were that at ball is end up in that area.
0: last spring, obviously not this past spring, but in 2019, and we were watching Rory and Tiger, and I'm watching, uh, really, all these guys, and one thing that I really picked up on, John, that. I don't know if I ever um, tried to chip this way before, but I saw more and more of these guys just perfectly clipping a ball off the turf, taking no divot, no, no, almost no grass. And it would almost be like a one stop or a one hop stop type of pitch shot, chip shot. And they did this all around the greens at Augusta I'm for each course is a little bit different but I came back from Augusta last year and I made up my mind I was like I'm gonna figure out how to hit that shot because that shot's incredible being able to do that do that pitch that lands one time but you know hops and then basically stops or really slows it down I I mean, if you can put that shot into your holster, oh, oh watch out. Yeah, I mean,
1: unfortunately, our, our greens aren't set up necessarily for those. But, you know, it it, it is an incredible – I love that. I love that shot right there. One hop, stop. I'd – and there's a way to do I it. It's not taking I worked on it last you night. Gotta, it was every other one. It's and not.
0: It, and it, it, it made a huge difference. Just to remember that, like, that is a shot you should have. And it doesn't have to. We, I think you're, to your point, you know, our greens are firm right now. And you think to yourself, well, I probably just need to play a bump and run and just play the fact that it's firm. But that can often lead to many, you know, some weird bounces left and right. Whereas um, if you can flip one in there and, and spin it a little bit, um, it can be, it can be, I mean, you can have some sh- much shorter putts for sure. Um, well, Hey, so pro pros teach us a lot of stuff. What do you think I is going to happen this week with no fans and uh, these guys kind of getting back into competition after being away for three months, essentially? Nope. There's
1: no fans this week at all. <laughs> um. You know what? They're, yeah. they're going to feel like us. They're still going to be competitive as shit. I mean, they're they, they, it, it's not going to be, you know, maybe the excitement yeah. to them is going to be different. But yeah, the competitors, you still get pumped up
0: insane. from birdies, and you still get pumped. Whether the fans and, add more adrenaline to it or not, you everybody still gets pumped up for with good shots, right? Whether there's fans or not.
1: You, yeah, you want to beat whoever it, You know, you're trying to you know, win a golf tournament. So I think I mean golf is very individual anyways because you could be going against you know, you're going against a whole yep. field for the first three days anyways. So they're gonna be, be very I think, be I think it'll be weird I think it'll to to be weird. Awesome. No I, I think at the
0: same time, like
1: I think they're yeah. gonna do good camera work and not show a lot of like empty galleries. I think they're gonna show a lot of more of the golfers and I mean, because think about it. When you think back, you know, there's like majors, you, you can't yeah. avoid all the people, but a lot of golf tournaments, like regular golf tournaments, how many can remember well, where you're just like, there's loaded people
0: out there that obviously are, you know, they end up being more crowded groups because of popular players, especially like Tiger and things. So they've got some awesome featured groups this week. I mean, I think Ricky, JT, and uh, Speed are playing together this week um i think uh kepka and um god who else was he playing with uh maybe rom and shit i can't even remember now um yeah there's there's some great you know groups that are going out this week so i i think that'll make it fun and interesting to see how those guys all play together um one thing that kind of came up um especially after doing these these couple charity events is does the pga tour look at miking up these players during the round and uh they asked justin thomas who was obviously some the tiger woods film match they said well would you want to be miked during a round and he said he said, no, I, I wouldn't want to. He's like, what I talk to my caddy about and what I'm talking to guys in my group about is nobody's bus- nobody else's business. And and I can totally side with him. I agree on that. with that. And um, that, you know, what if you got mic'd up at work, right? <laughs> like, like, hey, it'll be, it might be interesting if we mic up John all day today to see how he does, you know, real estate finance, like, okay, that might be interesting, like, one time. But at the end of the day, like, I don't want to be mic'd up at work, like, every day. There there, there might be some, like, okay, fine. It might be a little bit fun at times. But the fans are going to want the top 25 guys basically be mic'd up all the time, and, and they're just not going to commit to that.
1: Well, I, think, I mean, it's kind of like – You know, when they go to the dugout in baseball, like it's okay for like this time, you know, you're going to be a lot. Like, I think Justin would be okay with maybe doing that for, you know, a hole. Let's say maybe a hole, maybe half a hole, you know, or something like in between something, but not where there's like real strategy that needs to be implemented and, and, or, or it could be given away to a competitor of how they approach things. So, I agree with Justin. Well, I kind of thought but like as maybe I, there's a as way process to process
0: that work. a little bit today. And I actually commented on the golf digest Instagram post or something about it too. And I kind of thought, you know, what, what could be interesting is you do like on a Thursday, Friday, you pick four guys, four guys on Thursday, four guys on Friday, and maybe they're top 25 players in the world or former, but call them former major winners, or top 25 in the world type guys that people are interested in. And you mic four four of them up on a Thursday and a different four guys on Friday. And then come Saturday and Sunday, you mic up um, not the leaders. I wouldn't take any guys in the first four groups or the last four groups, I should say. I would mic up just other guys that essentially I would call in the hunt that are non-top 25 guys. And where I think it becomes interesting is that actually this isn't live, uh, maybe footage, it isn't live mic'd up stuff, but you actually treat it more like NFL films where good editors take that content that they're, they're capturing and whether they replay it later in the broadcast to actually fill gaps, which would be much more interesting than... Dipshit Magoo Paul Azinger giving me his anecdotes on what he thinks the player's going to do on the next shot. I'd actually rather go, you replay a great shot and replay what Justin Thomas or whoever went through on that great shot leading up to it. Take that minute or two where you need gap filler and put that all in because you know that the shot ended up being great and you're actually replaying it. And then also, you've got fantastic content that uh, the PGA tour, the golf channel, or maybe even the pro themselves can post out later at another date. that, that really helps walk people through around. And now you've got some great content when you're trying to like pull together like highlights from uh, especially like a major victory. Not only do you have great shots that they hit, but you've got some other pit bits and pieces in there i think the focus is too much on that it would be like live content and i'm like it doesn't have to be live it, you can cherry pick the good shit out of it all it doesn't none of it has to be live yeah but that
1: but, uh, i'm uh, I think you can do both, eh, but I think the most interesting at, at times, at would times it what could it's be live. It's, to me. And, and, but it would be. I don't think you're ever so, gonna
0: mic up the, it, the leaders going, coming down the stretch and then it becomes not interesting.
1: No, but but I don't think but I don't think like a uh so when they mic up a manager at or a player like they, I always see like Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals have mic'd up, you know, he's usually not pitching yeah. that night. For the manager, it's in the third inning. Well, you know, it, it It's a part, it's a time where it's hey, not and by the way as much. And most most golf to be right shots there making aren't any live
0: anyway. So they you, aren't. Most you, of them aren't. They're all replays. Most of them. They're very rarely catching a guy in the moment, hitting the shot. They're usually going, they're going to be like, and now over on hole seven. Oh, yeah. I mean, or now, yeah. oh, we're, we're going to cut over to hole 17. And like, yeah, and you're like, dude, that shot. Yeah, when like you when you hear ago. the roars, okay, different times. Okay, fine. And that's where it's, that's I guess is where I'm going. But if but but you but we had talked we had
1: talked about this on a podcast before though. Like, if you could bring like super
0: live, like the cameras, yeah. like you're in the yeah. shit. Like it's, well, it's like gonna right cost there. too much money. I mean like, uh, like you expecting. look at you look at the number of cameras that it requires to um to, to obviously like film a, a basketball game or even a hockey game or a football game, like the number of cameras that they need. It's it's compared to golf. Golf has to be if there's a place that could do it. If
1: well, there's yeah. a place... Well, do they do already... Hey, last year gosh, they they with more that money. Than every they shot do with.
0: Is, was recorded at Augusta. Every single one. You can go watch them right now. Every single swing from every player. That's crazy. It's crazy. God, that sounds awful.
1: I mean... That... That's that's nuts. But to be able to watch it live, like, awesome. in person, like if you hear, me I think say, John John Fuck.
0: Rom said he's like, I think you'd have to have like a third, at least a thirty <laughs> seconds to get <weigh laughs> on my stuff. Uh,
1: yeah, pretty funny. Um, All right, he, two yeah, two yeah, random things everything. to wrap
0: up our podcast, or rant. I don't uh, know, really that random, cool. but one other debate that's on the social media right now, which is kind of. I don't know. I look at it as bizarre, but I think you're going to have an interesting take on this because I've heard a few comments. So um, many courses be due to obviously the variety, uh, the virus um, being out have uh, not put rakes out on the course. How do you feel about, Not having rakes on the golf course, and if there were no law, if there was a decision made to never put a rake out on a golf course again, but still play the ball as it lies, how would you feel about that? That's that would that's terrible. I,
1: I, I don't, I mean, to play the ball as it lies and there's no rakes out there. With you know, as many hacks as that you have come through your golf course during the day, no, it's not fair. It's not a good way to play golf. Now, if you're saying no rakes and you know, you can, you know, move your ball in the bunker, similar lie, but it's not in a footprint or in some splash bark, then I I I'm cool with that, but you know, that's I, – I think that would be just a bad – it's just a discount. Mm-hmm. I mean, because think about when you watch a PGA tournament and you watch them hit out of the bunkers. Like, the caddies do, like, an unbelievable job of, like, the raking of that. So, to make sure that any player comes through or hits in that spot that – they have the best chance of getting the best lie. It doesn't insure, it doesn't ensure hundred percent, but it's pretty good. Now, if you land in a footprint at you know Chatham Hills here, and you already got a fried egg, anyways, type of lie, and you're in a footprint, I mean, you just dude, you're lucky so the, to get out there, of the bunker. So the, there's it's,
0: it's so there's it, a couple schools sick. there. <laughs> so there's no, a couple I, schools I hate it thought here. Um, i hate it i hate seen, it. um there there well there's a few one is that like no that's the dumbest idea. kind of your point I, yeah, I hate the idea like it how how can you leave the bunker worse than the group behind you come through right you still there john all right i think i'm losing one of my airpods um yeah I'm here. How can you leave the bunker any worse than the the uh the group that that's behind you like that doesn't make any sense to me like why should they have any worse like let's say they hit it in the same bunker that you just got out of why should they have any worse of a chance of a lie than you did in that particular situation? So I think it's ridiculous, and that's the idea of the rakes is that obviously if uh um, uh everybody should have the same chance at a similar lie now. There are the other, the flip side of the argument is that like, well, pace of play, man, you're going to speed up play. If you don't have to rake bunkers. Okay, fine. And then the other thing is too, is that, well, that truly makes a bunker a hazard just like a water hazard is like no, nobody went in there and fixed anything in that hazard to make it. So that it was an easy thing to play out of. And you're just gonna have to take it for what it is based off of the condition that, you hit it into and and so there's those there's essentially those debates on is it a is it i think it's a losing argument as well so my main thing is with this is that if you're going to leave a a bunker and this is this is my fine this is basically my final argument against it is that if you're going to leave a bunker unraked but then you're also going to tell me that I can't roll my ball out of a divot in the middle of the fairway. Fuck you. Same difference. If I, if I got to play out of somebody else's essentially divot Uh, in a bunker or footprint in a bunker, then I shouldn't have to play out of a divot in the middle of the fairway. So until you change the fairway rule, you better leave my fucking rakes out there and everybody in front of me. I'm going to continue to be pissed at all the people that don't rake after themselves. You know what i here's
1: the, so this guy this brings up even like more of a question, so like a hazard like water typically that is natural True. a bunker is usually put in place intentionally, so I want to know like we need we let's Ooh. we should do some homework of the history of bunkers in golf because because. I think there's too many of them. I think they're like you put them them (laughs) everywhere and they're just like supposed to be like pretty and shit. They they probably like the original is like, well, there's fucking sand there. They're playing Lynx golf in Scotland and it's like we're not going to be able to move the green. So, you know, it's there. Now they're like putting why you put a hazard in the middle of the fairway. Stupid. It doesn't make a lot of sense. With a lip that's like too high, when you're a hundred yards in, you can't get over the lip. I don't like that. So there's some things there that I, I need to understand logic. Look, make more difficult golf. I get that, but intentional hazards. Well, uh,
0: so I think I, about I it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. That was a very. That you think was when they were building golf courses in 1905? As I read, about it. They, um, some people under this type of a debate, like together. Like what's the point? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like it who you still got to get up and down. The best players with 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 a premium lie in a bunker actually it's better than being in the rough in a similar position. So just you might as well just eliminate it. It is because it's another it thing you got to maintain. It's another thing that's got to be raked. It's another thing for people to bitch about. Honestly, I could get more on board with that than the idea of not raking mm. the things.
1: I think, what? Uh, if, I just what, can't
0: I, believe I, the way designers just, got We got to figure out a way. How do we, bonkers. we got to go find, just go build a golf course that is different than anybody's used to seeing. Yeah, I want it to be three sixes two nines but i i also want the uh the ninth hole so i want the sixth hole to come back toward the clubhouse but i also want the ninth hole too so you can play six nine um 12 or 18 essentially i mean if you
1: if you if you if if you really like have a commitment to say I want to do that, well it is.
0: Like, that's a whole. How do you just? You want to talk about? Ma- you wanna talk about Making the game more accessible. Right just, that you, would be, that would I know be, you and I, be I be can go dream. out and play six holes in an hour. It's easy to do. Now now the game becomes more accessible because most of the excuse to not play golf is because nine holes isn't enough or eighteen holes takes too long. And if you just say, hey, I'm going to go out and play golf for an hour and go have fun and play six holes, and I'll, I'll see you in an hour, hour and a half, now you've made the game more accessible. You've also, by saying, hey, six holes is an acceptable round, you've actually made that more uh, accessible to children as well because they don't feel like they have to go as far or do as much. And there's just so much – to me, there's – like there's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, we talk about just being creative and creating environments where people can be more accepted or people can um, change our behaviors and the way we look at things, the way we talk to each other and we communicate and we had, we went off for almost an hour about how everything takes time to fix things. Well, it also takes one person to make a dramatic change. But
1: I don't think you're like, I love the idea of like getting people introduced to the I'm not game. not saying it isn't, but I'm not span, but real the, golf the, is The course goals. still is 18. Holes. And, and I love that you said three holes. sixes. And I, I know, I love that. Three, no, I'm not in a disagreement. Three sixes. Three six, three sixes. But that's like, yeah. hey, look, if you don't have time for 18, you don't even have time for nine. You got time for six. It's not a bad idea. But I'd love, I'd love to make a, and design
0: a beautiful golf course that would be well yeah be awesome be great. and run one the right way. all right so um last question so we all good here before we're done and this could be a whole other topic for another podcast but with only eight scores now counting towards your handicap we're, well, we're going we're gonna to leave this one teed up for the this next one. This is point. another podcast. This is so long. I'll tell you what. This will be fully our next podcast. But I believe with only eight scores that sandbaggers are even worse than they were before because they have to be.
1: You have to have um, a a monitoring policing authority. I mean, it's, that, that's all there is. It's, it's just like yeah, – if there's any type of stake on the line, if there's any type of, like, winning championship on the line that the net score and there's, like, real money there um, – there has to be enough, like some type of, I, you know, monitoring system. But otherwise, I don't, know, you know, if you want to be a, a douchebag, sandbagger. I'm, I'm and then, saying, like, well, what I'm, what know, I'm saying
0: is, post to the be right a shit, Sandbagger today. The system should you work. Actually, like, have the numbers to try work. even harder than you did last year. And I, and what I'm saying now is, it's even more obvious.
1: Yeah, I no, that's that's yep. but it's yeah, it's 100% People obvious. are not posting
0: it's a less score as it's many scores numbers. Man, and I have seen it already. People I believe and this is without evidence, but from what I've seen, whether it's belief and not necessarily playing with that individual individual or whatever, but I believe based on the scores I've seen, I believe people are posting false high scores. False high scores. God, that's so awful. Not even truthful. That's <laughs> so bad. You believe it? If, if that's the case, you're not, a Not, all, not only whoever listening are you do not that. Posting you're their low scores. People are actually like true. Be posting because of the way this system is now with its like eight low scores now people are skipping their low scores and people are purposely actually inflating their scores and it's going to happen even worse now sandbaggers are becoming bigger liars because of the new system and that is a whole nother topic for another podcast and john thank you for uh an hour and a half of your time tonight Um, that was good. That was good stuff. per usual. Like it. Um, we, we covered a lot of topics. And um, I'm happy about it. I'm glad we were able to catch up. I'm sorry, sorry to the fans for skipping a couple weeks. Um, I think I, I, I use this excuse a lot that life gets in the way. And I think, as John and I both know, um, life has gotten in the way. And I, I know a lot of you know that life has gotten in the way. Uh, for multiple reasons. We'll never be able to understand what it's like to walk in each other's shoes, but um, I can definitely empathize with whatever y'all are going through because uh, I'm sure whatever it is that you're dealing with um, is challenging in your own way. So um, with that, everybody take care out there. Go out there, hit more screen, uh, hit more screens, hit more greens. You will score better and get back at it (laughs) soon enough, John. Thanks, brother. See you.